the neck of George Floyd for nearly eight minutes, told Floyd that it, quote, takes a heck of a lot of oxygen to talk. That's according to transcripts from the body camera of Thomas Lane, one of the fired officers accused in Floyd's killing. Lane asked if Floyd should be turned onto his side. Chauvin said, quote, no, he's staying put where we got him. Lane's attorney argues there's evidence of his client's innocence, and he believes charges of aiding and abetting should be dismissed. Joining us, Election Day is now less than 90 hours away, and tonight every second counts as the candidates and their campaigns race across the country, fighting over votes in the battleground states that will ultimately decide who wins the White House. Tonight, President Trump and Joe Biden are stumping in Minnesota and Wisconsin, part of a day-long swing through the Midwestern states at the center of their campaign strategies. But as we come on the air, those states are also at the epicenter of the coronavirus crisis. Tonight, the U.S. has now shattered yet another record for new infections. Nearly 90,000 cases reported on Thursday alone. One of the president's top health advisors told governors today that one in every three counties in the U.S. is now considered a coronavirus hotspot. Dr. Deborah Burks urged them to require masks in their states and to limit large gatherings. The president isn't heeding either of those pleas, holding large rallies today, and even making fun of a Fox News host in the crowd for wearing a mask. His rival, Joe Biden, is holding smaller drive-in events as he continues to hammer away at the president's handling of the virus. And tonight, with more than 83 million ballots already cast, next Tuesday's election is shaping up to be one of the biggest in modern history. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Paula Reed is going to lead us off tonight, traveling with the president in Minnesota. Good evening, Nora. After holding two large rallies earlier today, President Trump is limited to just 250 people here in Minnesota to curb the further spread of COVID. But today, the president has been barnstorming across the upper Midwest ahead of Tuesday's vote. He's focused on people who have COVID fatigue. Hello, Michigan. With COVID. officials, especially in crowds. Is that a mask?
It's like $2,000 more, so you get more money. The president's rally in Green Bay was under fire before it even started, as the local hospital system warned it was a bad idea, given the city has one of the highest infection rates in the country. The truth is we have done an incredible job. As the president oh, tries to lay down his Please vote if you hear this podcast. Please vote. We need responsible leadership in Washington, D.C. We just do not have it. We do not have it. Oh. Outbreaks tied to two previous rallies he held in the state, the president was asked if it was risky to do it again. Why would they waste time? Why would they waste time? Okay, um, we had a quick video on um, CBS reporting on the George Floyd murderers. If we can get it to play again. Justin Simo and Graham Case. We are going to begin tonight with breaking news. Minnesota's Attorney General is increasing the charges against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin to second-degree murder in the death of George Floyd. Tonight, Chauvin is facing up to 40 years in jail, with his bail now set at $1 million. Prosecutors are also charging the three other officers who were at the scene of Floyd's death with aiding and abetting murder. Attorney General Keith Ellison said late today that getting a conviction would be difficult, but he vowed to seek justice. Video of Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes set off a firestorm nationwide, sparking protests that continued overnight and throughout the day today. And while most of those demonstrations, including a moment of silence here in Washington, have been largely peaceful, curfews remain in effect tonight in several major cities, including New York. This is not a new, this is not a news report. It's not a new news report. It was formally reported, I'm guessing by what the, the screen shows here. The uh, CBS wrote this article and published it in, on June 4, 2020. This, uh, this is what we're listening to from back then. Nine days ago, those four officers were responding to a forgery call here at this corner store. But tonight, they are the ones who will all be behind bars. And when this crowd out here heard that, they cheered. We got all four! We got all four! Today, protesters heard from prosecutors what they've been demanding. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison announced the charges against the three other officers and the upgraded murder charge for Derek Chauvin late this afternoon. George Floyd mattered. He was loved. His family was important. His life had value. And we will seek justice for him. I cannot breathe. Prosecutors contend officers Thomas Lane, Alexander Kung, and Tu Tao aided and abetted in Floyd's murder as the 46-year-old was being restrained with Chauvin's knee on his neck. 
According to the initial criminal complaint, Officer Lane asked Chauvin, should we roll him on his side? Chauvin replied, no. A minute after Floyd becomes unresponsive, Lane said, want to roll him on his side? Kung then checked for a pulse and said, I couldn't find one. Floyd's son, Quincy Mason, reacted moments after the charges were filed. I am happy that all officers have been arrested. My father shall not be killed like this. We deserve justice. No justice! All of this comes after eight days of intense nationwide... Oh, yeah, that's the old footage that they're playing, but they're now saying... Um, well, no, this is an old story, too. Three more former police officers who were involved in the arrest of George Floyd in Minneapolis have been charged, charged in connection to his death. And the officer who pressed a knee to Floyd's neck faces a new charge of second-degree murder, according to court documents. Well, that was an old article. arguing that uh, for his life and safety, he needed to move to a nearby state. It had to be a bordering state according to the court. And he had to report any time, any minute of the day, he's on 24 hour call to report into a parole probation officer, one of the two. I heard they dropped the one of the charge, the murder charge. Which is unfortunate because he'll probably walk free out of the other if there's anything else. Manslaughter or whatever else. He'll probably just walk free. Good people 
you have to be careful who you request because you end up with who knows what if you don't take the time to check them out. Joe Madison, the Black Eagle reports Trump does not want to give Americans a stimulus stimulus check. He doesn't want to provide food aid for those of you who are suffering in the pandemic. Yet, he has been living comfortably the entire time off of our tax dollars. Trump fights in court to block pandemic food aid for the lowest income. I'm pretty sure we covered that today. They lost that fight in court to cut food aid. Political in court to block pandemic food aid for lowest income Americans. Critics say the Trump administration is trying to return to its pre-COVID mission of shrinking safety net programs. Written by Helena Batamiller-Evich, October 26. The Trump administration is fighting in federal court to block states from giving billions of dollars in emergency food stamps to the lowest income Americans during the coronavirus crisis residents of Pennsylvania and California have sued President Donald Trump's Agriculture Department over a policy that has kept roughly 40% of households who rely on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program from receiving any emergency benefits during the pandemic. After being ordered by a federal judge last week to proceed with the payments in the Pennsylvania case, the department is continuing to appeal. The Agriculture Department says that it's simply following the law. A spokesperson noted that a California court recently added a California court recently sided with USDA on a procedural matter. Critics say the Trump administration is trying to return to its pre-COVID mission of shrinking safety net programs. Even as economists warn, more help is needed for businesses and millions of households that are newly unemployed 
behind on rent and struggling to buy food. <coughs> Excuse me. Quote, it's almost like they're singing that old song, wishing and hoping, because they're not dealing with reality, said Ellen Rollinger, a legal director at the Food Research and Action Center of USDA. The USDA's policy has already kept roughly 480 million dollars in nutrition assistance out of just Pennsylvania, a state that suffered a particularly high unemployment rate and also is a must win for Trump in his bid for re-election according to a political analysis of court filings. due to COVID-19, but there's disagreement about how to implement the requirement. The law says the emergency payment can not be higher than existing maximum benefit levels for SNAP thresholds that are set by the size and income level of a household. <laughs> USDA has taken this to mean that households already receiving the maximum benefit level each month before the pandemic because they have little to no household income are not eligible for any emergency payments. Instead of giving all SNAP households emergency payments, USDA decided to bring all households up to the maximum payment level for a family of three. Maximum is $535 a month, which comes out to about $2 per meal per person. Congress actually passed. End quote. 
a department spokesperson said in an email. These people lost their mind. They're all billionaires, multi-millionaires, and they don't want citizens, starving citizens and children to have anything. They want that money for themselves. One low-income individual who previously might have been getting $20 per month in SNAP benefits could be getting nearly 10 times that under USDA's policy, while another low-income person who typically gets $204 per month has seen no increase whatsoever. Quote, it's cruel, cruel that USDA interpreted in such an inequitable way, said Kathy Fisher, policy director at the Coalition Against Hunger in Philadelphia. Anti-hunger advocates say Congress clearly intended for all SNAP recipients to receive emergency allotments and that the maximums only apply to the emergency benefit not the total benefits for a given month. Any household that qualifies for for SNAP is already barely making ends meet and is particularly at risk during an abrupt recession, advocates say. In Pennsylvania, for example, gross income limit for a family of three to qualify for SNAP is just over $2,300 per month or roughly $28,000 per year. A full-time minimum wage worker in the state could earn as little as seven dollars and 25 cents an hour or about fifteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand and eighty dollars per year the usda did allow states to boost assistance for millions of households whose incomes were high enough that they were not already receiving maximum payment that increase the benefits USDA pays out each month by 40% or roughly $2 billion quote These are unprecedented times for American families who are facing joblessness and hunger. And quote, Agriculture Secretary Purdue said in a statement when USDA touted its benefits increases over the summer, adding, quote, in 
ensuring all households receive the maximum allowable SNAP benefit is an important part of Trump's whole of America response to the coronavirus, close quote. USDA also later announced it would bump up the maximum benefit levels by 5% in response to rising food costs. They give with one hand, they take away with the other. So ridiculous. While the increases were welcomed, even by the administration's critics, anti-hunger advocates have argued the department should never have left off extremely low or low-income households during the crisis. The legal fight over emergency benefits extends back to May when plaintiffs in California filed a class action lawsuit against USDA alleging the department was violating the law for excluding some 40% of SNAP recipients from the emergency payment. The state of California is currently doling out some $250 million in emergency aid per month, according to court filings. Over the summer, a federal judge in the Northern District sided with USDA and did not order a preliminary injunction. The litigation is Services of Philadelphia and law firm Morgan Lewis filed a similar class action lawsuit against the department on behalf of Pennsylvanians who did not have access to increased food assistance during the pandemic because of USDA's interpretation of the law. Last month, U.S. District Judge John Milton Young of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania issued a preliminary injunction that blocked USDA from continuing to rely on its interpretation of the law, finding that it ran counter to Congress's intent. in politics with the lives of Americans. If that's not crystal clear by now, uh, some people just want want to be uh, in the dark. They just want to, to take care of therefore and no more. Therefore, billionaires in their clique and nobody else. USDA has repeatedly asked the court to set aside the injunction. A federal judge in Philadelphia last week issued a decision accusing
accusing USDA of essentially flouting its injunction order, calling it an act of, quote, egregious disobedience, close quote. The next day, the department said it would issue the additional emergency payments in Pennsylvania for the month of October, which meant recipients there would be getting an extra $59 million to fight over food stamps, which is heating up in the final days of the presidential election. Comes as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin have failed to come to an agreement in time to pass another aid package before November 3rd. But the administration is not giving up its fight against the additional aid for millions of households. Even in a battleground state just days ahead of an election, who is a fool? Ah, these are such fools and idiots in Washington. Attorneys for USDA last week appealed to the Third Circuit and warned that if they are able to vacate this earlier injunction, the department will make the Keystone State pay the aid back. Oh my goodness. called this threat, quote, a straw man argument resisting, resting on a dubious premise, end quote. SNAP benefits have never been rationed due to a lack of resources. And Congress has a long history of fully funding the program regardless of which party is in control. There is a significant amount of money on the line, both at the individual low-income household level as well as the macro level. Economists consider SNAP benefits one of the quickest ways to infuse money into local economies because virtually all of the benefits are spent within a month of being issued. Agriculture Department economists have estimated that every $1 spent on nutrition assistance during a downturn, there's about $1.50 of economic 
activity that is all. Benefits of anger. State officials have outlined a plan for getting emergency allotments to households that have not previously been eligible. Under the plan, a four-person household would receive an additional allotment of $340 each month. Groups in Pennsylvania are also seeking back payments going all the way to March, a request worth nearly half a billion dollars that would be spread across hundreds of thousands of low-income households. The court has not yet decided whether retroactive payments are warranted. In the meantime, said Vollinger, an anti-hunger advocate at FRAC, quote, people are not getting the help that they need, end quote. blackmailing the citizens of this country during a pandemic in, in a presidential election year, blackmailing them votes for already provided for resources already paid for by the citizens. 